Hey, you're listening to Bossy Britches, and we are back with a Bossy Short. We're going to be talking today about everyone's new favorite movie, uh, hopefully, Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters! Yes! Yeah. Yeah. So I I just saw it yesterday morning. How about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I went to see it yesterday afternoon with my mom, so that was a lot of fun. Nice. So obviously everybody's heard um, there's a certain faction on the internet that is convinced that this is like the worst thing that's ever happened yeah <laughs> the movie would be garbage very and- very weak excuses and i'm like look i'm as tired of reboots as anybody mm-hmm. else i i totally understand reboot fatigue but okay the fact that you constantly kind of turn to this as the example <laughs> the one that happens to have all female characters like i feel like it's not a coincidence that you decided the last straw was the one that's all women right oh man so i uh there's something tied to that i want to talk about in a second but first of all like okay so i'm a big i love the ghostbusters right the original movies both first and second movie watched the cartoon had the video game loved it as a kid nice uh, so I, I have a particular attachment to it, right? But when they said that they were going to reboot it, I was like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when they said it was Paul Feig, and then it was Feig, I think. Um, and then the cast, when they announced the cast, I was like, holy shit, I'm so in. Yeah. Like, I was like, he, that could be cool. He makes really fun movies, I think. Um, yeah. And so as much as I love Ghostbusters, like, if you think about the 1984 original, it's a really cynical movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it there's um like it has a found family aspect and that these guys start working together but it's never like a found family they're just a team of guys working together to be right yeah and yeah and to defeat the evil epa which yeah is like, well there's a message I'm yeah for a little point. uncomfortable um, like maybe there should be some regulations about what kind of nuclear power you can use <laughs> yeah in go an figure environment to capture ghosts <laughs> yeah maybe. Um, like maybe that's not such a bad guy after all but so I was really, really thrilled to go into the movie theater yesterday and find out that this movie is so joyous. Like It it's really just, is. It's a it very, so happy. it has such a, it has a lot of heart to it. I really liked it. And it's like the central relationship is like these two friends. Who yeah. Are, who have fallen on the outs and like reconnecting with each other at the same time that they're getting like all this validation for yeah. like, all this stuff that they've believed in for so long. Um, So I thought that was really nice. Like just... Like friends, and they were having fun together, and they had new friends, and yeah, um, it was just I really liked it. And the other thing my sister said after we watched it was, she went into it thinking who's going to be the Venkman, who's going to be the Spangler, and walked out of it like it doesn't matter. Yeah, because these were all their own characters. It and really sort of used elements. From- yeah, that was great. I liked that it really wasn't like a shot for shot remake of the mm-hmm. original, just with different actors. I liked that they really did sort of, there were plenty of homages to the original. Yes. There was clearly a lot of love and respect for the original, but it wasn't trying to be the original, which I mm-hmm. think was one of the reasons that it was so good. Yeah, I I agree cuz like um the cameos I thought were Oh really my gosh, fun. the cameos were I great. I was so thrilled every time another cameo happened. Yes. There was one cameo I was looking for that I didn't see, which is Melissa McCarthy's husband Ben Falcone. Oh. Um, I thought cuz he's always in all of her stuff. Oh. Right? He has like a little that's he cute. wanders in. 
Um, but I don't remember seeing him, but that doesn't mean he wasn't there. I just didn't see him. Um, You'll have to go see course, it again and look more closely. I will. Well, I'm going again on Tuesday. Oh, good. Right? Okay. <laughs> so you can you can check and report yeah, back. Yeah, this time I'll watch for sure. Um, the other thing was uh, Rick Moranis didn't have a cameo. Yes, that was a shame. He's been retired uh, for, from acting for a long time. And yeah, I, I that's guess fair. They, they did reach out to him and he said no thanks. So. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, I nope, would have liked to have nope. seen, but it was, I mean, just knowing that they actually did that. Uh, because I think you and I come from a place of like these reboots, if they don't, so if they don't like give like a loving nod to what came before, it feels, it can feel really hollow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's where I think the complaints about cash grabs come in because like, uh, when you have a Star Trek with, uh, Khan Mm -hmm. as the villain and everyone involved in the production refuses to admit that it's Khan, whitewash Khan. Yeah. You really feel like there's a contempt for uh, what came yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. So then to walk into this and they they incorporated the logo, they incorporated the music, yeah, they incorporated the original cast. Like it just was the bust of Harold Ramis. I noticed when you that, see that was in her great. Office, I just oh, that was so nice. Yeah, it was such a nice marker of like we know what came before and we're going to pay attention to it. Like, it was, was really and lovely. it was. But at the same time, it was very much its own thing. Like, yeah. I, I didn't feel like it was unnecessary the way that a lot of right. reboots are. You know, there was, it. I really felt like, okay, this is very much its own story. Speaking of story, um, <laughs> so <laughs> obviously they, they pull in some elements, which I don't want to ruin the surprise, although some of them have been in trailers and you'll be very happy to see them. Um but it's a totally new villain. It's a totally new setup. Yes. The ghosts are coming back to New York. Um, so at, I go back, like the original was really cynical. It was all about like, you had to teach people how to care again. In yeah. The first two movies. Uh, Cause New York was just so jaded, which understandably coming out of the seventies, like yeah. New York was so jaded. Like, um, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. In and early eighties, New York. Right. And if I think this, uh, if this reboot had come maybe a decade earlier, we might have seen a little more of that. Um, but in the place where now I think like the positive spin was really nice, like without it having to be like, we got to teach people how to care again, guys. Like, yeah. It just was that these people just, they did care. Um, but okay. So I want to talk about, and this is a spoiler zone, obviously from this point forward, if you haven't seen it yet and you care about such things, I want to talk about the villain. Oh my gosh. Which was, like, when I realized what they were doing with the villain, um, it's a guy named Rowan, um, he's like a little sad sacky white guy, um, who feels like he hasn't gotten his due, uh, who feels like he's been, uh, bullied, um, who doesn't fit in, and so he has this idea that he's going to make everyone pay, like, literally the entire world. Yeah. He's trying to bring about an apocalypse that's gonna wipe out, like, half the people on Earth. Uh, to pay them back for the way that he feels that he's been mistreated to this point. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I mean, I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, yeah. And I wondered how much of that was like original script and how much of that was as the yeah reaction to the reaction. Because <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. Because like obviously, as a militant misandrist, um, yes, I was very thrilled. Oh like my this. god, yes. Yeah, I just thought it was, it. I think it speaks to the environment in which they're making the movie. I think it speaks to the environment in which I'm watching the movie. Um, and as we see, like, these horrors in the real world that keep happening, and there's a, 
uh, there was an, an article in uh, the New Yorker or something recently, just like a couple of days ago, about the connection between all of these people who do these horrible, heinous acts. Uh, <laughs> and the connection is violence against women mm. um, and hatred of women. And so, like, to take all of that into the theater and sit down and watch this goofy movie that is making essentially the same kind of a point. Yeah. Really, like, it, it made the movie kind of uh, resonate in a way that I wasn't expecting. From yeah. The movie. Um, but it was also funny. Like, Oh, just, my gosh. It was so funny. The guy so that plays funny. Rowan, I don't know. Have you seen him in anything before? I, I didn't recognize I don't know. A lot of the, like, background characters in that movie, though. I was like, I know that guy. I know yeah. her. I know uh, that person. So Colfag uses a lot of the same people over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, so it's like, it feels like an ensemble. Like, uh, like he's got a company. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know this guy. I, I think I've seen him in stuff before, but I didn't really know him. And he was, he was very good. And Chris Hemsworth was very oh good. Oh my God. Guy Chris too. Hemsworth was so great <laughs> in this movie. Oh why my God. These, why is he doing all these Marvel movies? He needs to do a bunch of comedy. I just love him. I, well, I am, I gotta say, sidebar. Well, the Thor movies themselves have a, at least the first one has a great deal of like comedy to it. Yeah, and he had some amazing moments. And I'm really, I was not jazzed about the third one, but I'm going to go on a little sidebar here because I found out that, um, it's being directed, uh, by Taika Waititi. I hope yes. I'm pronouncing that right. Whose movies are just so funny and who's, they're just this amazing like combination of just heart and funniness um and comedy so i'm like cautiously optimistic maybe that in uh ragnarok thor will get some good sweet funny moments i hope so because uh, is so good he is comedy which uh, i think um is to his credit because he could just go that dour action hero yeah Batman versus Superman. Kind uh -huh. of <laughs> yeah, I love that he does comedy so much, yeah. like comedy. Um, and I, so uh, Taika Waititi, I want to say what we do in the shadows. If you, oh my it, gosh, yes, get on that that movie. movie is so magnificent. Speaking of comedies and supernatural creatures, tying it back together with yes! our main theme. Theme, very good. Ghostbusters, go see if you like Ghostbusters. Go watch. Uh, what we do in the shadows, which is a mockumentary about a bunch of vampires living in Wellington, <laughs> New Zealand, and is just so funny, and yet also has some really, really sweet moments. Yes, yeah, it had a lot of heart. Have you seen? Um, we we both have a Sam Neill situation. Yes, sure Hunt for the yet, Wilder People. Oh, yeah, yes, it's have so good. It? it is so good. Okay. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm really excited. It hasn't opened here yet. Oh, it's awesome. I loved it. So good. And good. it's like making me want to like quit my job and run off to New Zealand all over again because <laughs> it's so gorgeous. That's a theme in your life. It really is. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's disgustingly beautiful. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Taiko Atiti for Thor Ragnarok, catch up on his older movies. Um, uh, so one of the things I noticed about this was that repertory thing that I was talking about. Mm. He has like a company of actors. Yeah. The last thing we saw Melissa McCarthy in with Paul Feig was Spy, which oh, yeah. anybody who listens to this or pays any attention to me at all knows I was obsessed with it. <laughs> Still am. 
Um, and I just, it was that same thing again where, like, you go in and in so, in most movies, like 99% of movies that Hollywood would make starring Melissa McCarthy, mm. she, there would be fat jokes. Yeah. Right? Um, even just a throwaway gag of, like, she's running, like, with the team and the team's way ahead of her and she's panting together. Yeah. Like, there's nothing like that in this movie, and I just, no, like, thinking no. about it, like, he never does anything like that with her. She's very just, she's just a person who looks the way that she does, and, but she acts like a person, she doesn't act like a walking joke. Yeah, um, like, and the same, to some extent, um, although I, I do have a couple of caveats with Leslie Jones, mm-hmm. actually. He does the same thing with Leslie Jones, you know, there aren't really jokes about, her or Melissa McCarthy's characters, um, either Abby or Patty's weight. You know, mm-hmm. there aren't jokes about their bodies. Their bodies are not made into an object of comedy. Yes. Um, I did kind of, I wasn't nuts about some of the, the gags they were doing with Patty. Um, mm-hmm. just cause it felt a little, like they were leaning too much towards the sassy black woman sometimes. And, um, I, like, I loved the moments when she just got to prove that she actually is really knowledgeable, you know, where she would tell them about her historical knowledge about this building, this region of New York, this, you know, what happened here. I Mm -hmm. loved that. And I was like, like, I seem to recall some kind of early promotional material said that she was actually a historian. And I kind of wish they had kept that because I'm like, it would be totally believable that she would be, you know, a historian who is now working for the MTA because that's what you do with a degree in history. I'm like, I would totally, if they like made that clear in the sequel that she has a history degree, but there are no jobs. So (laughs) she ended up working for the MTA. I'd be totally into that. Because when you tell people that you're majoring in history, the first question you get is, how are you going to make it? Oh yeah. Yeah. As someone who worked for the MTA. Yep. And keep up on my research. That's how I'm going to make money. Yeah. As someone who oh, has a history really degree funny. and does something with that is completely unrelated, uh, I would love to see myself represented in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, <laughs> I did love how, because um, a lot of the time, like in the original Ghostbusters, Winston comes in and he's just the guy they hired, right? He has yeah. No, he has no background in engineering or physics or ghosts, even. He kind of um, gets to be the straight man. Yeah. Which I wish they so, did more with sometimes, but yeah. yeah. Um, I love Ernie Hudson. Like, I would watch a, I would have watched a, a Ghostbusster sequel that was just him. Oh, yes. sorry. Uh, a cat I locked out of the room. Oh, my goodness. To get in, so. You're terrible. <laughs> ignore that. You're background. so cruel. Um, but, uh, so Leslie Jones, I was worried that that character was going to fall into that trap, but. There was a really subtle thing that they did throughout um, that I only picked up because I've been doing my Duolingo, um, where the smartest characters in the room are supposed to be the scientists, right? Yeah. So supposed to be. Um, and forgive me, I'm I'm blanking on character. Erin, uh, Kristen Wiig's character. She's the scientist. She's the straight scientist in more ways than one. <laughs> um, she's... Supposed to be very super knowledgeable and smart and trained, and she keeps fucking up the Spanish. Like, any time that they encounter any kind of Spanish in in the movie, she mistranslates it completely. And Patty is always the one to be like, that's not what that means. I do not 
huh, I don't remember that at all. I'm going to have to see it again clearly because, yeah, I don't remember any of those gags. Yeah, she, uh, when they go to the first venue where they see a girl ghost, um, and it's the, um, the music venue. Oh, yeah. And the stage guy, the guy that got attacked is coming out and he's babbling in Spanish. And he keeps, oh. he's, I didn't catch all of it, but he definitely said like El Diablo. Oh, and Aaron okay. totally mistranslates it. And then later the, um, the climax of the movie happens at the Hotel Mercado. Okay. Which she translates as table. Yes, that's right. I remember I, that. I was like, "What?" I, I don't. Lost. Temple. I was so embarrassing that's right. The yeah, I was, I was like, like belly what? laughing. That's a, yeah. That's right. That's right. I okay. I missed that earlier thing in the music venue. So yeah, mm-hmm. I must have kind of not made the connection that it was a gag. All right. Yeah, she did. It was that's very awesome. quiet. Just like I think another character might have even been talking, but she was like doing this running translation that was completely wrong. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah, very funny. But and then that was that was the other thing. Like, I went in expecting to like the movie because I like this. I like the cast. I love the cast. Oh, I yeah. like the director. I like the idea of a reboot of this property. Um, and the stuff that I've seen in previews was really good. But like by the end of the movie, I had to like I had a sweatshirt with me and I had to like put it over my face like to muffle <laughs> my laughter. Like I was laughing so loud. That's awesome. There's one, um, we'll go back into the non-spoiler zone in a second, but when they fight the big creature at the end, their version of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Oh, not I love that. But yeah. When they fight the big monster, yeah. they, all, they all shoot their beams at the same spot. And I love Yes. Them. Oh, that was amazing. It was like, I great. I could have turned myself inside out. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. I mean, I kind of have to like give. This is, if you haven't seen it, this may not seem related, but it, it kind of is to that. Um, I kind of love that Sony just completely has rolled with, like, the fact that the neckbeards are so mad about this movie. Like, as I recall, there was some statement from some huge, like, way up there guy in Sony who people were like, well, aren't you worried about it's the most downvoted video of all time, the trailer, and he, his response was like, that's great. This is free publicity. (laughs) We couldn't have done, we couldn't have paid for the kind of publicity we're we're getting. This is fantastic as far as I'm concerned. Like, I love that Sony totally leaned into it. They were like, yeah, okay. Kind of like, um, I was worried after, uh, Star Wars, the new Star Wars came out, which we're going to have to have a show to talk about, uh, um, yeah. since it, it happened during, during our hiatus and, um, a very short hiatus. Yes. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> then the Rogue One trailer came out and I was uh, like, yeah. I am so glad that Disney decided this is that, you know, the, the dudes who are upset about a female character being front and center are an audience we can afford to lose. Mm-hmm. So they made the trailer for Rogue, the first trailer for Rogue One all about this female character, yes. this main character. I'm like, I love that they're leaning into it. This is, I mean, I, I hate the big mega corporations as much as the next person, you know, as much as the next bleeding heart liberal, but <laughs> I gotta give them props in this instance that they are I, like, yep. Yeah. 
I totally agree. And then to see the pictures coming out of the the Rogue One panel at Celebration. Oh yeah. Um, where uh, she's literally sitting there holding up a Jyn Erso action figure. Yes. Like they heard that the the, to- the toy making division heard the Where's Ray. Yeah. Campaign, thank you know? God. And so they've uh, they're already on it. Like, nice. So it's going to be a big. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, so I just, I feel the same way. Like, it's just really nice to see that the ship turns so slowly, you know? It's yeah. Like turning the Titanic, but it is turning and probably going to crash into a few more icebergs eh, on the way. But, but yeah, know, at least we know that there are people who are paying attention and see that the market is not just those coveted 18 to 25-year-old males. Yeah. Like, they're not the only ones with money to burn. And Which is funny because all of that research that shows that, like, 18 to 25 year old males are the ones with all the the money to burn. It also shows that women of all ages are the actual buying power. Yeah. Families and households. So yeah, like it's like, it's such a tunnel vision to look at just that one segment with disposable income when uh, all decision-making across the board is being driven by the demographic that they ignore. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to see how that's going to change the business. Yeah. In the 20 years as people our age and younger are coming up and, and starting to get some power. Yeah. Be able to say, like, no, I want to see the world that as I see it, not the world as the way you see it. Yeah. yeah. Very much. Very cool. Um, there was something else I was going to mention. That I <laughs> uh, the cameos I love. Oh my um, gosh. They were a delight, especially, I, uh, especially in the credits. I just, yes! <laughs> I keep muttering like safety lights are for dudes to myself at random intervals throughout the past couple days. And it's awesome. Every time I just cackle a little at it. I actually was sitting last night talking to some people and, like, thought of it, like, in the middle of somebody talking to me. And it was so hard to keep a straight face. He likes are for dudes. Um, and there's just a lot of really good moments. Uh, I heard that one of the funniest things about uh, Chris Hemsworth's performance, um, something to do with his glasses, I heard, was an improv. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Really? Yeah, like oh, they, that's fantastic. they just kept going and they kept it and made it in and I just, like, I really can't wait to find out more. I, about, uh, you know. Chris Hemsworth, I gotta say, has some of, I mean, this whole movie is hilarious, uh-huh. but I gotta say, for me, he had some of the best gags in the movie. <laughs> I just, like, when he's, there's a scene where they first are interviewing him for the position of their receptionist. Um, and that's where the earlier glasses gag, I believe, Lisa is referring to happens. But there's also this moment where he's showing them his proposals for their logos. And I just, from each one, there, you get like three, and each one I thought was I would like crack up at and then the next one I would laugh even harder I oh my gosh it was just so so funny I'm actually looking to see if I can find my sweatshirt (laughs) I know the logos are so much oh my god and there's a gag that comes later where and these are just, I mean, they don't drive the plot forward. They're just, they're just establishing this character. Oh my God. And there are these little moments that are so amazing. And this um, headshots. When you find out, when you find out he's a, he's an aspiring actor, which, <laughs> you know, makes sense. And he holds up his headshots. He's like, which one makes me look more like a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> Playing the saxophone. And it's him shirt, all of his headshots are him shirtless. shirtless. 
And he's holding up a saxophone like he's going to play it. And then he, the other one is listening to the saxophone and he's holding the saxophone up to his ear. <laughs> oh my God. Like that's how you listen to a saxophone. <laughs> oh, on that note, <laughs> stay through the credits. You have to stay through the yes. entire credits. There's a great little post credit scene. Um, but also, you see some of his other headshots throughout the credits, which is just, they're including one where he actually is shirtless, but with a stethoscope. <laughs> yeah. So I love I never the, tire of beefcake headshots. Oh my gags. god. I love <laughs> the implication that of the, when that, that he chose the saxophone ones over the stethoscope one. And you just know, to me. one makes me look more like a doctor. Not the stethoscope. To me, that is the implication there. Oh my god. <sighs> oh. And what's really funny is, for me, like, a lot of the complaints about the movie have been that how dare they reduce the one male in the main <laughs> cast to this like one note sexist stereotype and yeah. like the funniest thing is thank you for making our point for exactly. us exactly isn't <laughs> thank don't you, you for, hate it when that for happens finally getting on the argument that we've been making this whole time and about the thing how is, sexist that stereotype is and the thing is even then you're kind of missing the point because the point isn't that this is offensive in one isolated yeah. movie it's offensive when it happens all yes. the time in yes. every movie now imagine that chris hemsworth's character was the only male character in every movie you ever see yeah. and then you have some idea of what we're dealing with here but at this one time this guy who's like really fit really good looking really funny really talented really tall mm. <laughs> gets reduced to this this character type and it's like though the end of the world is like like a bonus joke <laughs> i think that's so funny <laughs> i love and i oh. knew the instant i knew they were doing it on purpose or at least if the villain didn't start out on per as a purposeful statement, there was a moment when I knew they were at least acknowledging it when, um, okay, this isn't totally a spoiler, but it kind of is a little, it's hinted at in the trailers, but at one point the villain possesses, uh, Chris Hemsworth's character. And, um, makes a comment about oh i can't believe his name is kevin i would have thought it was something like chet or chad <laughs> yeah. and i knew at that instant that it was on purpose because mm -hmm. chad is what mras use as the term to refer to the dudes that they are supposed to be better than but I who are oppressing that. them anyway yes so i'm like that cannot be an accident no that wow. has to be on purpose that they're implying that this villain is a red pillar basically oh my god i had no idea wow yeah i was like that's amazing oh my god that was that absolutely is. intentional okay i have my tickets for tuesday i feel like i need to buy a third viewing already nice. <laughs> like i just like i want to get into this movie like I haven't done in a while. Um, oh my gosh. I'm yes. really excited for the, the DVD to come out. I hope they get to do a cast commentary because like, oh, it sounded my like the, gosh. the ladies in the cast really bonded as they were working. Oh, out. yes. Uh, you know, there's one thing I can't believe we haven't talked about. 
What's that? Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Who, yeah. like, MVP of this movie. Yeah, like, I have seen so many straight friends on the internet <laughs> who are like, oh my god, I'm having a sexual sexuality crisis after yeah. seeing Ghostbusters because I'm in love with Kate McKinnon. She was so good. Like, I... I her big action sequence, I don't think I've ever been so delighted. Oh, the slow-mo like, one? I was just giddy. Oh, that was fantastic. The whole time she was doing what she was doing, it was, like, it was amazing. Like, even it reviews... It was better than no. Star Wars. It was better than Spy. Um, like, even, like, yeah. I mean, even the reviews I've read um, that were not, like, that were, like, even, and I'll say the most negative review I've read from a legitimate critic, as opposed mm-hmm. to someone who hasn't seen the movie but has an agenda, um, the most negative review was still like basically giving it a B minus on mm-hmm. the, on, was like, this is fine. I think, but I feel like it could have been better. Yeah. Um, and even then they were like, you know, there's this amazing slow-mo sequence with Kate McKinnon. And the main yeah. argument was they didn't do enough with Kate McKinnon. I'm like, I thought she was great. I think she I would have too. been too much as like a much, if they'd made her, if they'd given her more time, it would have been too much. I agree. Cause she was, um, very over the top, mm. which w- suits the character because the character's meant to be weird. Yeah. Right? Um, Especially when you walk in, you know, you're originally meant to be uh, sort of siding with Aaron. Like, you're yeah. supposed to feel like Aaron is your avatar in the movie. Yeah. Um, so, it, was, it and this is a person who is a threat, kind of, because she has this relationship with her friend. And um, and she's just very strange. <laughs> uh, and I felt like, I, I did quibble. I felt like she, Kate McKinnon could have been integrated a little more. It, the script is really loose. Like it, it doesn't have, um, it doesn't feel like really solid. It is. Like there's a lot of moments where it feels very improvisational. I don't know how much of it actually is, but yeah. Um, but I mean, that said, it is the original is- script is the same. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I people who get super nostalgic and are like, well, this can't hold a candle to the original. I'm like, you know, honestly, I love the original. It's a lot mm-hmm. of fun, but. It's not, you know, a masterpiece. Let's not let nostalgia kind of run away with us here. It holds up really well, I think. I've revisited it several times in the last couple of years. And I think it holds up really well, not just, like, on a technical level. Like, the the practical effects, which, you know, we're always banging that drum. Um, The practical effects stand up really well against 30 years. They're really good. Yeah. but like you, there's that jokey camaraderie. Like these are guys who knew each other outside, with the exception of Ernie Hudson, who wasn't a part of the group. But he integrates into the group really well. Integrates is probably not a great word. There, but, um, you know, like he fits into the group, and it, it's very like you feel a sense of a team. You know, between these people. Yeah. But yeah, it's not like it. It was never going to win an Oscar. Yeah. It's not going to win any awards for for acting or writing. But it's just a really good. It. it it holds together really, really well. Exactly. Um, yeah. Except for the parts that you look at it now and understand that some things are like, ew, like mm. the, the blowjob goes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the, the, the dried up 
librarian lady that gets he keeps asking her about her period mm. and like Venkman's a creeper. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like those elements are weird. And I, what I really liked about this movie was it brought some of that stuff in. Like it brought in, especially the creeper stuff. Yeah. Like Aaron is, Aaron is Venkman in that sense. Yeah. Like he pervs all over Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. And it's played kind of like, kind of like a joke, but also kind of like, this is inappropriate. Yeah, like, like everybody else is kind of like, you need to chill. You're, like, yeah, Holtzman, you're overstepping some bounds Kate here, McKinnon's was... character is kind of like watching and laughing, but that's mm-hmm. because that's her character. She's kind of, and again, she's watching and laughing, not because she thinks it's cute and charming, but because she's like, oh my god, I'm not the weirdest person here <laughs> in when this guy's in the room. Yeah. Well, and I, uh, there was even like the way that Hemsworth reacts to some of it. Like he's, there's a, a little dance party that happens in the movie. Yes. Not the dance party in the credit sequence, which everybody should enjoy. Oh my um, God. Where he's, he's dancing and he's having a good time until Aaron, like, like directs her creeper beam and at him. And starts trying to like grind on him or get yeah, him and to he grind on her. And, and he yeah. stops and shuts down and walks away, which like, it's another thing where it wasn't even like nobody had to say this is wrong and this is inappropriate. Like the character did it himself and it just reinforced. I just really loved it. Yeah. Of all the things to bring in from the sequel and tweak, like that they did that was, I thought fantastic. Yeah. That was awesome. I still love Vankman, but. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he should have gotten a lot more nut punches. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love, and I think one of my favorite comments on the furor over the movie was from um, this great interview from Vulture uh, recently with Ivan Reitman, who Mm -hmm. directed the original and produced on this one. And he talked about how he was sort of, for years, trying to get a third one off the ground. Yeah. And um, then Harold Ramis died. Ramis died. And it just sort of, and it sounded like an intriguing concept. It was, it was going to have them be sort of all retired and old and, you know, playing their ages. Mm -hmm. And then their kids who are off at college get into this. Um, And it sounded intriguing. And um, right, but Reitman was talking about, he was like, and then the script came to me and I thought it was fantastic. Um, and then, like, the interview, he mentioned, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, Dan Aykroyd, I believe, was a producer on this one, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah, he and was. Yeah. he and, um, like, Bill Murray both loved it. They said it was fantastic. But the interviewer was like, yeah, a lot of people, though, he made a couple comments, Bill Murray, on a couple of, like, on a late night show that seemed sort of ambivalent. And Mm -hmm. the internet jumped on it, of course, and said, oh, he's just being polite. And Reitman said, you know, I've known Bill Murray for decades. I've worked (laughs) with him multiple times. I've directed him multiple times. There is no force on earth that is going to make him be polite if he doesn't want to. When I talked to him, his main concern was just that it was too scary in a few parts for because he's got kids now. So his only reservation when I talked to him was just like, is it too scary? Um, And was like he went off about how great Kate McKinnon was and how wonderful the whole cast was and he yeah. just, he again joined the uh sexual awakening thanks to Kate McKinnon <laughs> club from what I could tell the impression I got I'm like fair enough 
Fair enough. Yeah. I already knew I was into ladies, but you know, yeah, I love the uh, mostly straight segments of my of my Twitter feed <laughs> who are like, "Oh my god, I yeah. I need to reevaluate everything." <laughs> well, you know, it's fluid. You gotta mm-hmm. sometimes you just gotta step back and take stock mm-hmm. when somebody new comes in and says, "Hey, pay attention." Yep. Yep. Like Kate McKinnon licking her. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there with a few dudes, so I I totally <laughs> understand. Yeah. Um I just had a conversation recently with some friends where we identified um like the a guy who is an exception to whatever you think your sexuality is. Yeah. Um there's this one guy who who is like the derailer. Yeah. And I think Kate McKinnon is going to be yeah. like a female analog for, oh, yeah. for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kind of delighted by it. It's great. I'm like, this yeah. is, I am like, yeah, my only sour note at this point. Like I said, I have a few reservations about Patty and I hope they sort of mm-hmm. do more with that, um, with her character in, in a sequel. Um, but it, my only other sort of, uh, is note is that, um, sort of Paul Fag, Paul Fag has not really, has, played sort of coy around um the question of Holtzman Kate McKinnon Kate McKinnon's character's sexuality mm-hmm. um and on the one hand I'm like ah you know it's not really an issue in the movie at all she kind of makes jokey comments but she's also the weird jokey character so you can like her come here often yeah. quip is like you can I'm like, I would not necessarily interpret that as flirty. Her, she's so non-sexualized at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they all are really, which is lovely. I mean, I'm like, I don't think anybody was ever in a really skimpy outfit, basically, no. which I adore. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very nice. Like, um, and no, like, big breasted women at a party. Mm. Like, uh, yeah. No jiggle, yeah. After running down a hallway, yeah. Like it, it's really world. It was away just so weird to see a movie where you know female characters are just characters and not mm-hmm. women who are there for eye candy. Like the only character who was eye candy was uh, Chris Hemsworth's character, much like Thor, actually. Um, the first That's Thor true. movie, he's yeah. just there. You know, there are no scantily clad women. At all. Like, he's just there to look badass, to look cute and, um, yeah. Yeah. And Thor badass and, yeah, handsome. So handsome. So handsome. So dumb. So dumb. So uh, dumb. I love that they're all really fond of him and his dumbness. I Like, yeah. there's this one when he's possessed where they're pleading with Rowan. They're like, please, we want him back, even with his many... Many, many flaws. <laughs> Something like that. And somebody says he just figured out the phones. Uh, oh, he did such a good job. He did. Finally figuring those he out. Figured I'm out the phones. Like you. The goat. Uh, the running coffee gag. I just. Oh. There's, I'm hopeful that in the sequel, maybe we'll get to meet some, some more of Patty's family. I won't tell you who we met. Yes. This one, but oh my God. There was God. a line about it her cousin great. Mookie who would work for Vienna Sausage. And I was like, please, please, please let Mookie be in the second. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this guy. Um, oh, her uncle. When her uncle showed up, I was like, I knew it. 
I knew it. As soon as yeah. we got that comment, like, as soon as we didn't see him at all and only heard about him, by the end, I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to go. Oh, you know, that's I was so going. swept up in the, in the movie that I didn't even notice that she introduced that character, but we didn't meet him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like, had completely lost track. Of I mean, it totally time. seemed sensible, but after a few times of mentioning it and after it, it became clear that they were going for all these well i'm gonna spoil it spoiler zone um after it became clear that they were like going for as many cameos as possible Mm -hmm. i was like oh my god is it gonna be oh my god it's ernie hudson is her uncle the undertaker who owns a hearse oh my and they she just she also has some of the funniest lines which are not generally like, in addition, I love, like I said, I adored the moments where, like, Leslie Jones would just sort of surprise everyone with her really in-depth knowledge of New York history. But also, like, she just had some amazing lines along with Chris Hemsworth. Like, I just can't, along with, like, safety lights are for dudes, I've just been repeating room full of nightmares to myself and cackling now and then in the like day since I've seen the movie. <laughs> I'm just like room full of nightmares. Room full of nightmares. Just gonna walk away. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that's great. That's great. Oh. Yeah. I, oh, man. And then, okay, there was one line uh, by another character. So, um, they one of the best things I thought was they hit on a couple of notes from the original movie, but with enough of a twist that it didn't feel like yes. uh, derivative. Um, so they get called. They get there's co- uh, there's like Homeland Security is after them. Uh, they meet with the mayor. The mayor's got this officious um, assistant who kind of calls to mind the EPA guy, uh, but with a different spin. Dickless. Yeah, and uh, Dickless. sorry, um, <laughs> Dickless the, here. Uh, the the mayor um has this line that was like uh, it works for me on so many levels uh where basically somebody screams at him don't be the mayor from jaws yes <laughs> like he lives like, oh my he's god happy lucky he's mr politician he's he like, goes hey, not i'm very friendly and nice and we're gonna work this out and da, 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 until you invoke the mayor from jaws and then he loses it which yeah I'm- don't ever compare me to the mayor from jaws that was Oh, that was amazing. And I just was thinking, like, how many mayors are there who are, like, <laughs> they're so incensed about yes. this, this besmirching of their character in relation to this fictional character who ruined it for all mayors going <laughs> forward. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I I just, I one of the things they talked about when they were, you know, why they decided to do a whole new story and not just, like, a, a shot for shot, you mm. know, like, was or a sequel, right? Yeah, it was going to be a reboot. Um, was that they didn't want to do a movie in a world where everybody already knew that ghosts existed? Hmm. Um, so like, but so they've created this world where ghosts don't exist, or people don't know that ghosts exist, and there's all this other weirdness that people maybe don't know exists. But it also felt like a really like a real world. Yeah, like the fact that there is this um, 
there are these stories that we haven't heard yet and there's this history that we don't know about. Yes. And it felt really integrated with ours, but just kind of like a step out. And then, the, so then the, the idea that there's this mayor who was like, <laughs> I run New York City and I do a really good job and how dare you compare me to with the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> that was amazing. Was oh really my nice. God, I forgot I really about that. That was just so great. Really funny. So obviously a lot of, uh, we we saw it a day ago and we're still repeating lines. Oh um, my gosh. I think this is going to be quotable. I think this is going to be one of my favorites oh, yeah. for years to come. Room um, full of nightmares. <laughs> room full of nightmares. Oh my gosh. I just, and one of the things that I was worried about going in was the effects because I had seen like mm. the first trailer and the ghosts looked really cheesy, but they, I saw it in 3D. I don't know if you saw it. I did not. I saw it in regular. Yeah. Um, 2D. If, if you have a chance to see it in 3D, it's really good. All they, right. I don't know what magic they used, but it, it isn't real dark like 3D movies. Oh. Um, and they do some really interesting things with the frame of the screen. Interesting. Um, so in 3D movies, usually, like, you have the effects come out at you, but they yeah. don't break the plane of the screen at the top and the bottom. And this one does in some Ooh. really cool ways. So okay. if you have a chance to see it in 3D, you should. That sounds promising. Because, yeah, I'm not usually a huge fan of 3D because I feel like it doesn't often add all that much. But that sounds very interesting. I think this because it works. It, like, uh, the action stuff really works in a 3D And craze. I liked, now that you mentioned that, I really appreciate the 3D craze has kind of died down a little, I feel like, but mm -hmm. I still, sometimes I'll watch action movies or animated movies, and I'll be like, I can tell where they, they just stuck something in for 3D, because right. it'll look cool in 3D, um, and I never got that feeling in this movie oh, cool. i never got the feeling of this is extraneous and only in there for 3d and yeah. um i never got the feeling on that subject that they needed to cut anything i never felt like this is too long and they needed to cut some yeah, of this action it, scene it stays really peppy throughout like, yeah really any any real big downtime. i there were there were two times um where i wanted to pull out my phone um, but I think that was a combination of like enthusiasm for the movie and maybe a little bit of a slow spot. Yeah. And even, yeah. Uh, Cause I, I only did actually pull out my phone once and that was just to post on Twitter um, how much I was friggin enjoying nice. what I was watching. Like my enthusiasm completely carried me away. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was related to uh, the uh, Ghostbusters Theme yes. Um, which yes. Is, oh, the you the music in this movie is just delightful. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. Oh, I really, really. Yeah, it. this is a, as strong a recommendation as I can get. Like the only slow, like usually for me, the only like where movies get slow is in the big action fight scenes, mm -hmm. and even in this one, there was generally enough other stuff going on that. I didn't feel like you could have cut, you know, 10 minutes from that and not lost yeah. anything. I felt like there were still enough jokes and enough cool moments that I was like, I feel like it was really tightly done. Even the big CG fight scenes that I was like, yeah, okay, you can, that was pretty good. I don't think mm -hmm. I would have cut anything from that. Yeah, I agree. Um it, and it's long. It's two hours. So yeah, and, but it it's a good length. It doesn't feel like it. I was surprised when we got out of the theater to see how late it was. Yeah, me too. Very much. Yeah, hot. Very strong recommendation. This goes on our probably our top ten. Yes, of all the definitely. Stuff we've about. Definitely. I'm gonna put it right below. Um, 
right below Star Wars. Nice. I'm going to put Spy just slightly ahead of it. Nice. All right. Uh, but that's only because I've seen Spy so many times. <laughs> yeah. Fair <laughs> like, enough. On sheer volume. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I actually am going to. Yeah. Sorry. Your poor throat. Lisa's, no, okay. Lisa's got a, Lisa's got a sad, a sore throat after this week and we were only supposed to do a short. And <laughs> she toughed it out awesome. for a full length episode. So everybody like cheer for Lisa, please. I won't because it hurts. Oh, you won't. But everybody will for you though. So. Okay. Yay, Lisa. Um, all right. So that does it for Ghostbusters. Welcome back from our hiatus. Yay. Very, very short hiatus. <laughs> yes. You probably didn't even notice. Oh, I'm gone. sure. Yeah. It was so short. Um, but we will be back in a couple of weeks to talk to you about something else that's really, really cool. Yay!